Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. It is Ryan and Brock with Lead Defend Podcast, man, and we're so excited for this season of Lead Defend. Really exciting stuff, but first, Brock, you've had a lot of transition in your life the last... Just a little bit. The last six months, really, have been fraught with transition. Oh, yeah, man. Um, But you're still living in Rogers, Arkansas. Still Rogers. Still at First Baptist Rogers. Yeah, how can there be so much transition with you being in the same place, living in the same house? Absolutely. Well, actually, well, if we go back a year and a half, it is a different house. Okay. And another child. And... Same church, but different. You didn't job. get rid of your first child. You just nope. added another nope. one. We in didn't. The mix, we didn't. So. We didn't trade these. We, By the way, uh, my added. wife Allie's pregnant. Hey-o. So that's something that's changed. Uh, so February sixteenth. Do you know boy or girl yet, or is it a so secret? I've got a feeling it's a boy. We don't know. We don't okay. know. We'll know in a couple of days. Got a um, feeling. I've got a feeling it's a boy, and okay. Allie, Allie's not going to listen to these. But here's the deal: I'm gunning for the name Ryan Junior. Hey, I like it. Do you really? Yeah, little so Ryan. So I'm gunning for Ryan Jr. My, my middle name is Taylor, so we can call him RT or we can call him RJ. Like, who knows? Yeah. Allie is really hoping it's a girl so that we don't even have to have the conversation about names because she's mm-hmm. not for Ryan Jr. right now. So. Rylena. We'll see. How do you go about choosing a name for a child? So I'm actually glad that our second kid was a boy because we could not, like, settle on any sure. girl names. I mean, we would go back and forth on on names and so it's just like it's just this constant conversation until finally you're like someone says something it's like oh that one works i, I could see that okay. that one works we're still navigating through all this stuff this is our first one and so are you going to get into like trying to bring in so obviously if ryan jr happens that's a that's a family sure, name sure. but like any type of like grandparent middle names because that was always hard for me because it's like yeah. okay but if we do it once do we have to do it again and how do we include everybody and not make people feel excluded i don't know here's my personal opinion and and most everybody's gonna disagree with this that's okay i'm saying Allie, just let me name the boys and you name the girls and we'll just go at it from there Allie she's not going yeah, to Allie, Allie, Allie's that. not having that. No, so. not at all. Well, congratulations, man. Yeah, That's we're exciting. exciting. So, we're excited. But, but yeah. other transitions, yep. man, you shifted jobs. I did, and in a big way. So yep. not, not only jobs, but also ministry categories, I guess we could okay. say. So why do you hate students in student ministry? That's the big question. Man, if you did middle school ministry for four years, you wouldn't <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Middle schoolers are are my friends. I, that sounded weird. Middle schoolers, I, I I have loved middle school ministry and am excited to still be a part of yeah. Lead Defend Foundations, the middle school uh, aspect of our Lead Defend March conference. March fourth, twenty twenty three. Yep, looking forward to Sean McDowell and Bobby Conway going to be there. Uh, so I hope you'll join us and bring all of your middle schoolers because we'll have a great time. But no, so whenever I came to First Baptist Rogers, I'd been doing student ministry for about three years. Um, came from a smaller church, so there was quite a bit of a change because First Baptist Rogers is a little bit larger. Um, and so came in and, and kind of had this mindset of, I really like doing high school ministry and connecting with those, those guys. But, you know, if, if I got to do middle school, like, it'll be fun. Like, we'll make the best of it. Sure. We feel called to this church. We feel called to this area. And, man, when you get middle schoolers just by themselves, like, not in a mixed environment, mm-hmm. and I get for some student ministries, just the nature of your church, culture, whatever, you have to do a mixed environment. But 
it is so much fun just hanging out with middle schoolers yeah. and connecting with them without trying to balance that high school, middle school. you got to stay cool enough for the high schoolers but be goofy enough for the middle schoolers. Sure. And, and so I have found a love for middle school ministry uh, here at First Baptist Rogers. But really it's been a process over the last couple years. Um, I noticed that our senior pastor, Pastor Wes, had given me some opportunities to preach, which were a shock to me. I can still yeah. remember. Brock's a great preacher, by the way. If you've never heard right. his sermons, where, where can we right. find those? So, FBCRogers. Uh, right now, uh, Pastor Wes's are the only ones on our website. But if you go to the Facebook page, go to First Baptist Olive Street on Facebook. That's when right. our live stream doesn't go down like it did last oh, week, um, you can find some of our sermons and our, on our whole services there. Yep. So, um, and that's fun getting to preach every week still. Uh, kind of working on sermon series with our, our senior pastor. But, uh, yeah, I still remember the first time he asked me to preach on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday night at our Elevate service, which is a mimic of our Sunday morning service, mm-hmm. uh, or was. Um, and so he comes up to me in the hallway and just starts talking and says he has a question for me. And literally he said, you want to preach next Sunday night or in a couple weeks on Sunday night? It wasn't the next week. I literally think my jaw hit the floor because, <laughs> I mean, I was the middle school pastor. Yeah, I, Who sees at a church like First Baptist Rogers, who sees the middle school pastor going up? But thankfully, he, he saw something in me and uh, got to do that for uh, a couple of years, just preaching every other week or so on, on Sunday nights. Um, and, and it was difficult and challenging, but that was kind of the process that God used to, to get us to the point where we were actually, my wife and I were talking and thinking, all right, I'm doing a lot. Like, what's this going to lead to? Yep. Do I need to have that conversation? I don't really want to have that conversation. At that point, you know, you were in a rotation where you yep. were doing some Sunday morning messages, but also you're doing the Wednesday night. Still doing all my student for, stuff. For student ministry. Yeah. And, yep. Yep. And so we were like, do I need to have a conversation? Can I keep doing what I'm doing? Or am I kind of burning the because candle tr- at both ends? You truly loved both. Yes, absolutely. But just maybe not sustainable doing both. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Part of it was just like, what's this preparing us for? If it's just to make me a better preacher, then um, I love that, and I want to keep doing it, but maybe we can scale it back a little bit to where it's once every three weeks instead of every two sure. weeks because we do a lot with our students. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, you want to be faithful to be at home as well. And so, But then on the other side, if this is preparing for something in the future, you know, what does that look like? But it's mm-hmm. hard to know if there's even anything in the future or not. And so we just began to talk and, and started to pray and, and prayed specifically. And here we are. The Pastor Wes came and, and asked me if, if I'd be interested in, in leading our Olive Street campus. And so uh, through some months of prayer and, and asking folks what their opinion was, we decided that though we love student ministry, and I was 100% satisfied with student ministry. I loved the team I got to work on. I loved serving with Chris Roller, who we've had on the podcast before. He was a great boss and, and helped me become a better man, better father, better pastor. Um, so so I was perfectly satisfied where, where I was. But we saw God calling us to take a step out into this campus pastor role at, at our All Street campus. Yeah, that's incredible. So it's a transition, but it's kind of a transition within the same organization. Yep. And, and really, this episode, we want to talk about transitions. Like, yeah. how do you know when it's time to transition? Um, how do you know if it would be unfaithful to transition, or mm-hmm. do you know? Yeah. And so what was it like going through that process from the moment that an offer or an opportunity came to saying, yeah, this is what we need to do? Yeah, and so so I got to back up just a little bit um, to about either a day or two. I can never remember whether it was the day before or two days before, but I remember it was a Sunday night. I think I had just got done preaching at Elevate, tired, you know, it's a Sunday, and 
and uh, wife and I are talking, my wife Megan and I are talking, and, and we're just like, maybe we should start praying specifically. Mm. Um, like, if if the Lord was calling us to do something, what would we want to see? Yeah. And and here's the difficult thing with transitions, wow. especially talking about a promotion or what could look like a promotion is like, I don't want to do this for the wrong reasons. Sure. I know my heart. I know that I can, I can want the big stage. I can want to be the young up and comer. Sure. Um, you know, you want the platform. Well, that's not just the, in ministry. Like that's in yeah, business. Yeah. That's in education. That, that's everything. Like yeah. I think there's sometimes this desire that we have just to elevate ourselves. And, uh, and I think there's a whole episode we can do there on selfish ambition versus holy ambition. Wow, that's a good word. Because ambition isn't necessarily bad, but we can have ambition for the wrong things or for the wrong reasons. But we uh, we just started talking, and, and we were like, okay, if the Lord is doing something, we don't want to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't want, because I could have stayed where I was for yeah. the wrong reasons, because it was comfortable, sure. because I knew it, um, because I, I'm familiar with the student ministry world and all the student ministers sure. and leadership in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. Like if I if I stick this long enough, I'm gonna rise the ranks. Your and network. Be, yeah. Be you know as as Chris you know at some point takes an, another job or gets promoted wh- whatever it is. Like I could eventually have his job one day, and then you know Super Summer was a big part of my story. Sure. The camp. Like I could be on the leadership team, and so I had this trajectory for myself that I've had since I was a staffer at Super Summer mm-hmm. that. This is kind of where I want to go. This is where I want to be. Wow. So there could be the wrong reasons to stay, or there could be the wrong reasons to go. Man, instead of just being a student pastor, now yeah. I can I can be a real pastor, like sometimes student pastor. When are you going to be a, a real <laughs> pastor? You know, I could be a campus pastor. Like no one would expect this. It would be a lot of attention. Like wow. it would show that like I am good at this and I have the right skills. So whether I stayed or whether I go went, um, I could do it for the wrong reasons, sure. and that was my fear was, God, how do I know my own heart in this? Because we know wow. a lot of times in these situations, people say what? Follow your gut. Follow your heart. The Bible says your heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. You mm-hmm. can know it. And so, above all else, guard your heart. Yeah, so. yeah. So I didn't want to stay or go for the wrong reasons. And so um, part of it's probably my passivity. Um, I don't like being confrontational, so I didn't really want to have this conversation of, Sure, we've not gotten a fist fight lately. Yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, I would probably just be like, hey, no, 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 cool, it's, it's whatever you want. <laughs> in fact, we were joking about this the other day, because I realized I, generally I don't say something is bad, I'll say something is less good. Like, that's... Interesting. That, that's a that's a picture into my mind. It's like, this, this is not bad, it's just Brock, less that's good. that's so interesting. I it's just less good. I'm going to uh, start bringing baked goods that are intentionally terrible, like, mm, and just <laughs> letting you try them that's less on good. the podcast. So... Uh, so anyways, we I didn't really want to go in and say, you know, hey, where's this going? Like, mm. is this leading to anything? It's okay if it's not, yeah. but is this... And so, because again, that could either be me doing it for the wrong reasons in either direction. So we just said, let's just pray. Not, not in a sense of, God, we're going to lay out our fleece and make you show us a sign. But just to say, God, we know that our hearts can be, be deceitful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this is what you want... Would you let it come to us rather than us pursuing it? Wow. And I don't think that's necessarily a leadership principle that someone has to apply to every situation. Sure. Um, you know, you, you you don't have to always say, let this come to me because if I pursue it, then I'm being unfaithful. I don't think that's necessarily true. In fact, I think sometimes God tells us to pursue things. But in this instance, for us, I felt like it was right to say, God, if if this is what you want, 
I don't want to have to go and pursue this knowing I could do it for the wrong reasons and have this conversation of my initiation. Yeah. Would you let Pastor Wes come to us? And it was literally the next day or so that he called me into his office, and I was just like, I, I, so is, a, been, is a call into the pastor's office like a, oh man, I it, could be getting reprimanded. You never know. <laughs> you you really it's you never like a call know. into the principal's office in yeah. elementary school. So, but we'd kind of been talk. I've been talking about this with some sure. other staff of like, is something going to happen? Because we'd had some other conversations of, yeah. hey, what would this look like? We're not saying it's going to happen, but your name's been brought up. Um, and so it wasn't a complete surprise. It's just, it's always a shock when the thing actually happens. And so I remember walking and our discipleship pastor um, kind of saw me walking and knew where I was headed. And I kind of gave him that eye raise, like, what's about to happen? <laughs> and so I walk in and then we just had the conversation and, yeah. and he began to explain the reasons why he thought that this was the right direction and, and gave me the, the opportunity to say, hey, it's, you have freedom to either stay where you are or to go. Was it a natural um, yes at that point? You're like, okay, no, uh, this is not going to take me any time to think about, process, pray about. Nope, because I'm a textbook overthinker. Okay. Um, and so it probably should have been, oh, we asked for God to do this, sure. and he did it. So yeah. it must mean. So probably at that point, like, the, if, if you kind of considered my heart like on a meter, like it shot to probably like 65% let's do this. Mm-hmm. But like, there was still a large 35% of, you know, you want to talk to your wife, you want to get wise counsel. I want to think through every possible scenario, 18 yep. different ways. Um, and you know, beat the horse, dead horse to death. So, um, so I was pretty sure that this was what he wanted, but I, I think I was more afraid to admit it to myself because wow. transition can be scary. Oh yeah. And let's talk about that a little bit. I, I mean, you transitioned within an organization, but every transition is really hard. Yep. And it's hard on ways I don't think people recognize. There's excitement in transition mm-hmm. and new, but there's also difficulty in there's a sadness. And yeah, difficulty and sadness in uprooting things and starting to replant things. And I don't even think it's too far to use the word grief. I remember wow, whenever yeah. whenever I left my my church in Kansas City to come here, you know, five year four years ago. Um, there was definitely a sense of grief because we love those people well. Sure. And and I would say. If, if you don't have a sense of grief and people aren't sad to see you go, you probably haven't done a good job there. <laughs> That's probably true. If you've done a good job and you've been faithful to the work, whether it's in the, you know, the business world or whether it's in the church world, but I would say especially the church world because there's a certain layer of relationship sure. um, there that you have with the people. Like it's going, if it's not hard to leave, then something's wrong. Yeah. Like it should be hard to leave because that meant, means you, you did a good job. It's always, I'm thinking about when I transitioned from ministry in Central Arkansas to ministry up in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. You know, that was a relocation, a move, everything. It was difficult, but it was also easier knowing, man, God had something ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just had this trust and this anticipation that God was up to something. Yep. And and that made every difficult conversation, saying, hey, we're, we're leaving, we're transitioning. Yeah. That, that made every difficult conversation... Uh, it was in light of anticipation mm-hmm. of what God may do. And one of the hardest things for me leaving Kansas City and even leading the middle school job was was my concern and worry for, for the students. Yeah. Well. So, like, I've shepherded these middle school students for three years. In Kansas City, I've shepherded the student ministry for three years. Like, when I leave, like, what's going to happen to them? Yeah. And I think that's when we have to remember that 
especially if you're in ministry, those people aren't your people. They're on loan to you mm-hmm. um, for as long as God has you there, but ultimately they're his people and you have to trust him to take care of them. You're, you're not the only one that can minister to those people. And that's, that's a hard thing to admit that, you know, someone else could come in and, and even do it better than me. And, and, God willing that that will happen, that God will bring someone in that's even better than I was that can take, you know, their discipleship and that ministry to the next level. But everything doesn't hinge upon you. And so maybe that weight that you feel with transition that comes along with the excitement, know that whatever you're leaving, God's in control. He's He's got what you're leaving behind, but then also the uncertainty of what lies in the future because the unknown can be very scary too. God's God's got what you're leaving behind, and God's also got what you're going into. Wow. Wow, that's significant. Brock, I think sometimes there's really bad advice in the midst Hmm. of transition. Um, So let me just pepper you with some of those one-liners of bad advice. And I just want to see how you'd respond. Okay. One, God is everywhere. Go where the money is. (laughs) I mean, is that that why you took this job? I know that there there are a lot of people serving places in ministry where they're probably making pretty good money and they're miserable. Yeah. Wow. Um, Just because you're right. God is everywhere but money isn't everything. Mm. Um, and so, the, I mean, I would rather be in an environment that I love coming to with a team that I love working with than serving in a ministry where I'm serving the Lord, but at the same time, like, I, I don't have a joy to go into work every morning. The next piece of bad advice would be, you should always say yes to the easiest job with the least responsibility. What do you think about that? Um... I mean, I, I would be hesitant to, to, to suggest that. Sure. I, I, I would say sometimes God's calling you to more responsibility. How are you going to grow hmm. if you're not willing to take more responsibility of the Lord? In fact, you think about the parable of the talents. God gives more responsibility to the one who steward the talents well. And so if you're continually pushing away opportunities for more responsibility, um, you might be neglecting um, an open door that God's creating both to reward you for what you've already done, but also to continue sanctifying you because it's in those moments where, where we have more on our plate, where we're learning to trust the Lord, and you're passing that up. This, uh, this uh, piece of advice maybe comes from parents more often than anything. Mm. Uh, take whatever opportunity as long as you're happy. Is that good advice? Uh, no, I mean, and, and that's ultimately, parents are always going to want their kids to be happy. Sure. I know there have been moments where I have I have phenomenal parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't trade my parents for the world. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. No parent is. Um, but, I mean, there have been hard conversations we've had to have because I've wanted to go places that I sure. thought would make me happy, and they're kind of concerned about those places. Mm. You know, is it is it a safe environment? Is it a safe neighborhood? Sure. Um, but just to go somewhere that makes you happy— uh, Again, I don't, I don't think the Lord is trying to put us in situations intentionally where we're miserable. In fact, the Bible talks about being in the presence of God, being the place where there's fullness of joy. Yeah. So God doesn't want to make us miserable, but you know, you have that distinguished between happiness and joy. Happiness can be fleeting. Joy is, is eternal. It's lasting. Um, so so I, I would prioritize where do you feel like God's calling you rather than, and, and sometimes by happiest, what, what we really mean is the easiest. Wow. And that kind of goes that, back to the last wow. conversation of, of is the least responsibility, is the easiest thing what's going to make you happy? Because all throughout Scripture, God's calling people to do incredibly hard things. So in every role that you take, every opportunity you take advantage of, it means you're probably leaving something. Mm-hmm. How do you leave well in transition? Communication. I would start with communication, and, and some of that depends on your leadership. Sure. So 
luckily, whenever you know I was transitioning, I had the ability to, to go to my supervisor, my direct report, Chris, who's our lead student pastor, and I was like, hey, Pastor Wes offered this to me. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Some people are terrified to do that because the moment yeah. that they share with their boss, they're entertaining something different. They're worried that their boss is going to cut them loose. Mm. And so somewhat you've got to know the relationship you have with your supervisor sure. in the church world or the secular world. Um, but hopefully there can be a good line of communication and then do your best not to quit before you're officially done. Wow. Be faithful to finish to the end because what can happen is when we take on something new, we get really excited and focused about mm -hmm. that and the current job doesn't become as much of a priority in our hearts because that's what we're leaving behind. But there's still people there who are depending upon you to, to finish well and figure out what, how can you set the next person behind you up for success. Yeah. Whether you're leaving on great terms or bad terms, someone's going to step into your role. And how would you want to find that role if you were to be the one stepping into it? Well, I think every transition is uh, an opportunity to set good habits or really mm -hmm. bad destructive habits. Mm -hmm. And so in transition, specifically this one, how has that been a healthy thing spiritually for you? And how, is it, how has there been the opportunity for it to be a detrimental thing spiritually for you? Mm. I think one of the hardest things stepping in, especially when you're taking on more responsibility, is like you've got to readjust your calendar. You've mm. got to readjust your time. And, and if you're stepping into something that's a little bit unfamiliar, you're not even sure what, what you should do yet. Sure. Um, I remember that was one of the biggest hesitancies I had with this job was I just kept imagining, like playing the scenario over in my mind of sitting into my de desk chair on my first day of the job and thinking, what, where do I even start? Wow. Like, what do I even do? Now, joke was on me because we actually started an office renovation, so I didn't have a desk chair <laughs> until like a solid month into having the sure. job. Um, but but I would I would just start by by trying to figure out what are the most um, important things, you know. A lot of times in leadership we talk about focusing on urgent things rather mm -hmm. than the important things. So you've got to get the urgent things out of the way, but try to figure out how to create mar margin for for the important things, um, and then also just try to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And that's yeah. probably something that I'm trying to to evaluate and figuring out like. Mm. Uh, are you spending enough time with your family? Are you getting enough rest? Um, because if, if you burn yourself out, that's not going to benefit the job. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Any, as you think about transition, um, any final word that you're like, man, if folks leave this episode and don't, don't hear this, they mm -hmm. really haven't heard about transition. I would say the three things that kind of led me to understand that God was calling to something new. Number one, pray. So yeah. we prayed specifically, like, what do you want God to do? Because sometimes people, you know, they're praying for God to do something. And and I kind of came to the point where I was like, what more, what more am I expecting God to do to confirm this in my heart? So mm. if you're praying for God to do something, what is it that, that he needs to do to show you that he's wanting you to move? So, so pray and pray specifically. Second, even through transition, make sure you're reading the Word. You know, wow. the it was it was through reading Acts one day as I was trying to figure out what how am I going to do this? This picture of sitting in my desk, not knowing what to do, what's the vision? And I come across uh, Acts chapter um, two, where the the disciples, you know, the Holy Spirit's come, and it's talking about like the church being there and, and kind of the church being started, and it talks about them devoting himself 
to the, the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer, to the breaking of bread. And it kind of just became clear in that moment, oh, that's what we're going to do. Like, yeah. that's the vision. Like, I don't have to create something wow. new. I just, I, I do. And so even if you're in the business world, you know, you might not find your occupation immediately in the text, but you'd be amazed at how God can speak and confirm things to you mm-hmm. by His Spirit through His Word. And then the third thing I would say is make sure to go to trusted mentors and advisors. Wow. Um, that was kind of the third piece. So th- that was kind of the two strikes that, that got me sure. on on board with, with this transition. The third one was I sat down with one of our middle school life group leaders mm-hmm. um, in, in the student ministry. It's He, he works for Walmart. Um, I took him out for coffee one day. Uh, I, I had led a life group with him, and so he was kind of a, a trusted adult in my life. And I just said, man, like, obviously you, you wouldn't probably be super excited if I left, but like, here's the opportunity that's been presented to me. What do you think about it? And when he sits and looks at you and says, actually, I'd be very excited if you yeah, left. You're exactly. like, oh, red flag. You're like, oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, and, and he was just able to say, actually, here's how I've thought about you doing this before. Wow. Um, wow. We had, we'd had a prayer retreat that we were all at praying for our church in general, but specifically mm-hmm. the Olive Street campus. And he was like, when we were praying for the type of person that we would want to take this over, like, wow. you were a name— I, your family came to mind and that's that's humbling mm-hmm. um but also reassuring and confirming sure. so three things make sure to be in prayer specific prayer uh read read the word seek for god's advice um where where he's already spoken a lot of us want to hear a word from god he's given us 66 books um look there for his voice and then third go to trusted trusted people and i, I would add this to that trusted mentor Folks that are believers who mm-hmm. maybe maybe for your situation, especially if you're in a, you know, I hate to say a secular field, but a, a non-ministry Christian-specific field, you might need to go and talk to someone who has a certain level of, of um, training or expertise um, in that field that may not be a Christian, but also try to bring in someone that, that's a follower of Jesus who can see this from a Christian's perspective and has the Holy Spirit working in them Absolutely. to confirm what the Holy Spirit is hopefully saying in your heart. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Speaking of transition, we've been talking about transition the entire time, and regardless of what transition a person's going through, whether they're going into middle school, into high school, into college, going into graduate work, or young adult, we yep. defend us for them. And yes, it it's on March 4th this year, and it's going to be great. It is so be great. if you don't have plans for it, March 4th, leaddefend.org. It's the place you want to be, and we'll see you there. Yes, we will. All right. Till next time. It's been great. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.